Hey everybody, it is time for Mac Geek Gab and uh, listener Richard A. from our Discord brings us our opening quick tip where he says, most people know about spring-loaded folders in Finder where you can drag a file or a folder over a folder in a Finder window or in the sidebar. And then if you wait a second, that folder opens up for you to drop the file or even navigate further and do it again. But... He says, what you may not know is that you can also drag files over the back arrow in the finder window and wait to move the file into the folder that you were previously in as a bonus tip. I know twice, two tips right here in the intro, maybe even three. If you didn't know that you could drag onto a file or folder, the bonus tip, if you have the path bar showing at the bottom of finder windows, which you would do with view show path bar in the finder. You can drag files into the folders listed in the path hierarchy there, although they don't seem to do the spring-loaded opening of the folders in that case. Richard, you have you have hit the trifecta, my friend. More tips like this, plus your questions answered today on MacGeekGab973 for Monday, March 20th, 2023. <laughs> Welcome to Mac Geek Up, the show where we share quick tips like that. We share cool stuff found. We share your questions. We try to share answers to your questions. How do you get all this stuff to us? Feedback at MacGeekUp.com. You send it in. We do what we can. We string it together into an agenda that hopefully has some flow to it such that each and every one of us will learn at least five new things today and every episode. Sponsors for this episode include linkedin.com slash MGG, where you can go and post your first job for free. BB Edit from Barebones at barebones.com, one of my favorite apps, as listeners know. And Collide, we're at kolide.com slash MGG. You can sign up. You can get a free demo of this fantastic uh, device uh, security solution. Fantastic. You got to check it out. We'll talk more in depth about each and every one of those shortly. Uh, for now, here uh, in rainy, at least this morning, Austin, Texas for South by Southwest, I'm Dave Hamilton. And here, still in Fairfield, Connecticut, this is John F. Braun. I think Pete's muted himself, folks, but Pilot Pete is here. here. I guarantee you. I am. I I am here. And I'm still missing things because I having slingshotted myself three quarters of the way around the world and back. (laughs) I am in Lee, New Hampshire. It's Pilot Pete. And I met myself coming and going. So it's uh, I feel like the Dunkin' Donuts man, you know, (laughs) time to make the donuts. I made the donuts. It is time to make the donuts. I'm glad we're all here. Time to make the podcast. Yeah. Let's make some podcast. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I do want to remind us all that a the hangout will be this coming Sunday, uh, March 26th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. If you sign up for the Mac Geek Gab calendar at MacGeekGab.com slash calendar, that and our live recordings will be there. If you go and there's the link to the Zoom, including the password for the Zoom is also in our calendar. I will also post it uh, in our Discord at MacGeekGab.com slash Discord. Join our Discord, and you can help decide what we're actually going to talk about 
this weekend. But really, it's just great to get the group together and we do a little hang. We answer some questions uh, and we'll have a topic, I think. We'll come up with something. But join the Discord to uh, to participate in that. It's uh, it's a great way to it's a great way to do it. All right. Yeah. Uh, Pete, you want to take yes. us to our next quick tip here from Mark I- M.? I can do it. I stumbled across this uh, as we were prepping the show very this very morning. Um, and uh, this has happened to me, and it drives me nuts, and this is a good one. So here's a quick tip, Mark writes, that you all may be aware of, but I just discovered it by accident. In Safari, if you have sound playing from any tab, you know that little blue speaker with the sound waves to the right of it shows up in the URL bar. I've seen that before, and then I use it to go to the right tab and shut everything down. But no, wait, there's more. All you have to do is click on the speaker icon on any tab, and it will mute that plain sound. You don't have to open it and search for the stop or the mute or any. Touch the little speaker, and it mutes it. Beautiful. Thank you, Mark. Nice. Nice, nice. I like it. Yeah. It's, I, this is, like, to me, that is the epitome of Bingo. a quick tip. Because if you know it, you've already done it, and you probably haven't even thought to tell your friends or family members or clients about it. However, when someone sees you do it, they stop you and ask, what magic is wait, this? Yeah, so, wait, what did you just do? What did you just do? So if you have a quick tip like that, send it in to us. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. Feedback at MacGeekGab.com. That's the one. I'm sure he said feedback at MacGeekGab.com. While we are, and you can send your questions there too, of course. I just, you know, we're in the quick tips segment of the show. Uh, PC Unix, while we're on the uh, the Safari track here, uh, PC Unix in our also in our Discord shares. Uh, and his comment was, "How come I never noticed this before?" And he he is talking about in Safari on the iPhone. If you go to your history. If you tap the clear button, you get an option of one of, well, you get a choice of one of four options. You can clear your entire history. You can clear just today and yesterday, just today, and just the last hour. Uh, And you can also do this on your Mac. If you go in Safari to view, sorry, history, And then at the bottom of the history menu in Safari is clear history dot, dot, dot. That That, ellipsis is important. Why is it important, Pete? Because it tells you you're not going to clear your history as soon as you click this. There's more. Wait, there's more. (laughs) You're you're right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you hit that in Safari on the Mac, you get exactly the same four options to choose from. So you can uh, you can do that. Yeah, it's great. Great tip to. You know, if uh, there's a variety of reasons you might want to do this. Uh, so, you know, I'll leave I'll leave that as an exercise to the yeah. listener. But years ago, I learned about that ellipsis on this very podcast. And it's been part of my part of my workflow ever since. Oh, good. I don't have to worry about formatting my hard drive when I click this. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? No, that ellipsis is you're, you were right to call that out. That's super important. Yeah. yeah. All right, John, take us to the next safari. Quick tip. All right, we got a safari tip and and a not safari tip. Amazing. Um, So Ed says, on the iPhone in Safari, if you have multiple tabs open, rather than clicking on the square on a square icon, good a name as any for it, (laughs) um, just swipe left or right in the address bar. And yeah, never never knew you could do that. Um, 
And then also, we've talked about this before, but um, uh, on the wait, iPhone... Wait, wait, just explain what happens uh, when you swipe left or right on the address bar. It goes to a different tab. So you can just scroll through your tabs by swiping on the address bar. Yes. Similar to how you can scroll through your apps if you swipe on the the, the little control bar, I'll call it, the home button bar, because mm-hmm. it's a lack of a home button. But that, that's how you can scroll through apps. Differently, though, Safari is consistent. If you swipe around, the tabs stay in their order. They don't magically change. Whereas your apps, if you stay in an app long enough, if you swipe left, to get to an app, sorry, swipe right to get to an app, and you're in it long enough, that app will become the frontmost app, and then you would have to swipe right again to get to the previous one. It's it it's it like it changes behind the scenes, and that can get confusing. Try it; you'll you'll see it's easier to experience <laughs> than to understand. I don't know what that means. I don't. Know. I mean, what you know? If you know, you know. I don't know. I, 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 I'm at a loss for how to explain this, but it, it, you try it. And trust me, you'll, you'll see what I mean. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then secondly, next one. Yes, please. Thank you. Um, on the iPhone in photos. Um, but it's not just photos, but um, select a photo with a person or maybe a pet. Long press on the person and the phone will smart lasso copy the person without the background of the photo. Uh, click copy and you can paste the captured image wherever you like. Yep. And yes, you can do that. Um, and Apple even has a little article called lift a subject from the photo background on iPhone. So I guess we can uh, we can link to that. OK, is there more yeah, it's to a neat it? feature? And, and it's funny. I, I think Pete talked about it earlier, but um, that's right. Yeah. You'll see whatever you highlight kind of shimmer to acknowledge that. It thinks it's capturing a person or a bunch of people. Okay. Cool. Yeah, any the, noun, person, place, or thing. Any any noun. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. No, you're right. That like that's actually what it is. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool stuff. Uh, all right. Uh, get your quick grammar tips. lessons here too, folks. That's right. <laughs> all right. Uh, moving from iPhone to iPad, John Robert has a quick tip for us. Uh, yes, uh, in iPad OS on the keyboard that pops up when a text field is selected, um, there are numbers and punctuation symbols in a light gray at the top of the keys. I struggle for a long time trying to access these symbols. Just holding a key down brings up alternate forms of the letters, such as, well, I can't pronounce them. <laughs> Letters with umlauts and um, accents. Yes. And I finally figured it out. Press and hold the key and then slide your finger down about a centimeter. The key will change to the number or symbol. Release your finger and the number or symbol will be inserted into the text field. I'm not sure how long this has been available or if it was mentioned in a past show. Um, I think it was. Yeah. Um, here's the problem, Dave. So I tried to verify this and I couldn't. Um, when I brought up the, when the keyboard came up it was a baby keyboard like a smaller version and I'm like huh okay um, and I found a support article that told me why this was not working um, and the title of the article is if your iPad keyboard is small or split in half <laughs> 
Um, and mine was. Uh, and basically how you how you fix the problem is you just um, pinch on, uh, put your fingers on it and then grow it. Okay. Okay. Go That's ahead, the answer. But I was like, why isn't this working for me? It's like, because at some point I must have told it, make my keyboard, make my iPad keyboard small. Actually, was my, it small? my 97-year-old mother did that. She made she split hers. Yeah. And I know that on that one, you grab each half with your finger and, and pull them together, and it comes back together. Yeah. I don't know about small and large, but... Uh, yeah. 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 You can also do it from the keyboard menu. You can choose to uh, split and yeah. merge, but but yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Pete, you had... You learned a thing. I... I, I did learn a thing, and I'm I'm going to sneak the, the how I learned it in there I'm with a, a quick cool stuff found. I found an app called Hit 'Em Up because okay. I had to in one word H I T E M U P. It's an app for the Mac because I needed the text eh, 1,500 people, uh, but I didn't want to send it in group texts and that sort of thing. So that turned out to be a really good app, and I really enjoyed uh, it, it. Does what it says. Um, there's it's premium i guess so you can do so much yet every month and then sure. pay, pay more sure but so but what i wound up was sending all those taxes at the end of the day i had a little number badge on my uh, ipad my okay. iphone my watch and my mac on messages so you had an and unread said, message have, out there yeah i have one unread message and man, I scrolled and I scrolled and I scrolled and I could not find that unread message. No little blue dot saying, here's the unread message. So I started doing my Google food and it's, you know, like I was telling in the pre-show, it's, you know, remove this com preference file and hold your tongue right. And, you know, you may get it, you may not. And then I found this tip. Say, hey, S lady, read my unread messages. She read it to me and the badge cleared up. Boom. Done. It's like, ah. It was buried deep in a group text. I'd have never found it. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, yeah. So I have another way of doing because I used to have to do this. Like I this is okay. this is not unfamiliar to me. Uh there is, however, and I believe this is new with iOS 16, but it might have been there in iOS 15. I can't remember when it was introduced. But if you're in messages, up in the upper left-hand corner on your iPhone, you have a little filters uh, sort of back mm -hmm. button. If you go to that, yep. there should be an unread messages filter that you can choose. And there is. And my there was. guess is your message would have shown up in that. It it might not uh, have. Like but I, it, did, it did not, which it was didn't. weird. I, I oh, actually did go there. You checked yes. that? Oh, okay. All I right. I did check that, and it didn't go there. And I think it was because it was a reply in a group message. Interesting. Yeah, For group. some reason, somehow, it, it should have been there. I, I agree. Yeah, yeah. But there was no blue dot next to that group, next to that message. But as soon as I said it to, you know, S lady, she did it, and it fixed it. I'm like, pop for the win. Got to share that. Okay, so that's fascinating to me what, because yeah, that tells yeah. me that there are two sets of filters for uh, for deciding whether there are new messages. Siri has one of them that you and I can't yeah. see. The badge has one of them that you and I can't see. And then the filters section on the iPhone where it says unread messages is a different set of criteria. And that's bad. Yeah, must be. This, yeah. 
This, this, I am doing everything I can not to get back into my rant about how much I lament the fact that we choose to use SMS in the United States here. We're basically the only country that uses SMS uh, this way. People that that do yeah. messaging in in uh, like in Europe and I think even Canada doesn't really use SMS. I think it's, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, but certainly throughout Europe, it's it's WhatsApp, right? Nobody uses SMS, and it's so much better because it's a it's a data it's a modern messaging protocol. It uses data as opposed to the antiqu- antiquated SMS system. Yeah. At where where things get really rough is when you've got a, a you know an, an SMS group, which really becomes an MMS group. And the iPhone just doesn't deal with that well, is the reality. Right. Yeah. Well, and while you're on that, I mean, I think the reason we do that is the universality still of everybody's got text. Not everybody has WhatsApp in the States, even though it'd be nice if they did. In the state, No, you're you're right. This is a ship that has sailed. I am am lamenting. I am not uh, wishing for it to change. I wish that it was different. But it, it's not yeah. going to change. No, I, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the other thing I did find out, because I was trying to find out how to do this to send a bunch of people messages, and I did discover that you can you can turn off group messaging so that you can still send 10 people a message. I think the limit is 25 okay. people a message, and it appears to be from only you and to only you. From, you know, and that way, so if you send 10 people a message and, you know, one person replies, all 10 people see it. And eventually people are like, stop, please stop texting. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to sleep yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, but you can set it up, turn off group messaging. So if someone replies, it only goes back to the sender, not to the entire group of people you just sent it to. Yeah. That's, that's an option in there. I promise. It, it is. The, iOS, the, prob- the problem with that yeah. is. Turn it- off. Um, yeah, the the problem with that is if you do that, then um, if someone includes you as part of a group, like you can't do it on a, a granular basis. You can't say, well, I want to be part of this group. Right. Correct. You have to turn it back on. You, you, you have, have to, to turn, turn it, it back, back on. on when which, you're done yeah, 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 yeah. So, it, yeah, it's it's all or nothing. So, yep. All right. 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 That's why hit them up worked for me. I didn't have to go into that setting, turn it off, hit them up, sends them all individually. Yeah. Yes. Uh, got it. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I was able to import a comma separated value file for 1500 numbers. And, and what did they charge you to do that? I think it was. T- I, I, I'm just doing it for the one month because I only need it for a couple three weeks. Sure, twenty four ninety five. Okay, for the month. All right. Well, that's not. And, uh, that's not yeah. terrible. And I think that their annual. I think their annual is like nineteen a month or something like that. Okay. Uh, if you pay all up front. Okay. But it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was. It was pretty slick. Yeah. Very happy with it. So. Yeah. Far. No, that's cool. Well, that's cool. Well, that's I, I, so, that's why I wanted but, to share it. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. All right. Um, I found a thing that uh, actually a, a friend was having issues with their, uh, I think it was USB, but this could be USB or Thunderbolt accessories, not wanting to connect to their Mac anymore. And it, a, an article was, was presented to us all, uh, from Apple allow accessories to connect to your Mac laptop computer with Apple Silicon. 
And the trick is to go to system settings, privacy and security, and then scroll down and there's a little pop-up menu next to an option, allow accessories to connect. And then you choose which you want. You can say, ask every time, ask for new accessories automatically when unlocked or always. And, uh, and so setting that setting may help to, um, keep things connecting for you. So I, I, it was a setting I did not know about. So I figured it was good for us to share here on the show. So again, system settings, uh, yes, uh, what did we call it? System settings. We used to call it system preferences. I'm, I'm here now. I'm Dave. I'm in Austin. Uh, <laughs> system settings, privacy and security, and then scroll down towards the bottom. It's, it's in the security section where you choose whether you let apps only from the app store or apps from the, you know, the identified developers. Right. It's, it's, it's near that. So go check that out on your computer and see <clears throat> if it gets you what you need. Yes, Mr. Braun. I don't see it. You're not running Apple Silicon. This is an Apple ah, Silicon only got it. Uh, thing. Yeah, I, I, evidently this is not an issue uh, or an option on uh, Intel Max. Just just Apple Silicon. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. if it's Ventura only. It might very well be. Uh, I th- I think it is. I but I I don't have a an Apple Silicon machine of a prior OS to to check. Yeah, moving on here. All right. Okay. Uh, Jam Cycler from our Discord brings us our final quick tip of the day. Says, in episode 971, you shared Mike's tip to sort a finder list by kind in order to show folders at the top. I wasn't aware of this. Uh, However, if... You want listed items sorted by name and to still show folders at the top. You can do that. Go to finder preferences, advanced, and check the box. Keep folders on top in Windows when sorting by name. That's a long preference name, but boy, howdy, is it complete. And we like completeness. All right. So look. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available? And that's why you've got to check out our sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. We've used LinkedIn Jobs here. We've talked about this on the show. In fact, Sadie... Uh, came through LinkedIn Jobs. She's been here almost two years now, actually, maybe a little over two years. And it's been fantastic. We would not have found Sadie without LinkedIn Jobs, both because of the, so how many people are out there, but also because of how easy it is to create and manage your job post and really your whole job search process right there on LinkedIn Jobs. They have simple tools like screening questions that make it super easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's super important to have the right people on your team, and that's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk with faster. 
Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash MGG. That's linkedin.com slash MGG to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode. Next up is one of my favorite apps, BB Edit. I have BB Edit open right now because it's part of my start the day script. It launches because I'm using it all the time. Sure, when I'm doing programming, any kind of coding, I use BB Edit, and it's great for HTML, just as it's good for PHP and C++. Like it's, it's great for all of that, but it's also just a fantastic tool for manipulating regular text. You want to count the number of words in a document? Boom, right there, done. You want to compare two documents? Boom, right there, done. BB Edit takes care of all of this stuff and more. And now they've got built-in support for additional languages. R, Go, Rust, Tomel, Arduino, Pixar's USDA, Lisp. They use this, right? And it's obvious they use this because they do things that are for the users, but like for the geeky users, which I love. They added a repeat last command command, which is very convenient. Very convenient because you're just, you know, repeating things. It's, am I repeating myself? Good. Because that's what, it, that's how it works. You've got to go check it out. They've got a generous eval model, 30 days of full function to try out everything in the app. Then after 30 days, it it scales back to a, a free mode that takes some of those features away. But you might find that that's all right. But you might also just find that it's time to buy. you got to check it out. Go to barebones.com. Download your eval of BB Edit. And our thanks to Barebones for sponsoring this episode. Next up is Collide. Our sponsor has some big news for you. If you're an Okta user, they can get your entire fleet to 100% compliance. How do they do this? Well, if a device isn't compliant, the user can't log in to your cloud apps until they've fixed the problem. It's that simple. Collide patches one of the major holes in zero trust architecture, device compliance. Without Collide, IT struggles to solve basic problems like keeping everyone's OS and browser up to date. Unsecured devices are logging into your company's apps because there's nothing there to stop them. Collide is the only device trust solution that enforces compliance as part of authentication, and it's built to work seamlessly with Okta. The moment Collide's agent detects a problem, it alerts your user and gives them instructions to fix it. It also uses Slack to do this. It's very friendly and informative, so you're educating your users, not just locking them out. But... If they don't fix the problem within a set time, they're blocked. Collide's method means fewer support tickets, less frustration, and most importantly, 100% fleet compliance. Visit collide.com slash MGG to learn more or book a demo. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash MGG. And our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. Pete, did you like that last quick tip? Dude, as we went in... To the ads. I was like, yeah, okay, I got a second here. Went perfect. Sort, get those folders on top so I'm not all interspersed with my files. Love it. Go back and listen to that last click, quick tip and use it. You'll love it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love it when that, like, when that light bulb moment happens. Oh, uh, it's right? great, right? You're like, come on, man. Why is it, you know, I'm looking for that folder. I know it's here somewhere. Why do I have to scroll to the bottom? Right yep. there, folders on top. Done. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Uh, So I mentioned that I'm here in Austin uh, and I'm here for the South by Southwest conference. It really, it's, uh, it's technically four conferences might even be five now. I don't know, 
But but it's three main conferences. There's one that they call S- South by Southwest I or I- I- Interactive that used to be focused on like technology, emerging technology. And it, it still is in some ways, but it's also sort of expanded to include social issues and and uh, kind of the, the, the emerging ideas, regardless of whether they're tech, which which is great. Uh then there's the music festival, which happens sort of at the end of things, uh, where lots of different bands will play, bands you've heard of, bands you haven't heard of, uh, and they, they come here and do showcases. Uh, I think there's over a thousand bands or something that play here at South by during the music festival portion. And then running the entire span of it is a film festival, and now a film and TV festival, uh, where all kinds of things get uh tested on audiences, premiered, all, all uh, those sorts of things. So as part of this, I got to see, I think I've gotten to see several things, but two of them are coming to Apple TV Plus, And I wanted to let everybody know, the first is a movie called Still, a Michael J. Fox movie. It is a documentary uh, about Michael J. Fox. Uh, the director, the, the, the fascinating part for this is uh, the director said he wanted to uh, create a documentary that looked like an 80s movie. And somehow somebody, Apple, uh, agreed to fund it. In fact, not just Apple. Um, Lorene Powell Jobs uh, Foundation also uh, was involved in in funding this too. Now, Michael J. Fox has Parkinson's. He's uh, he's made no secret of that. In fact, he's been very out front about it. He has his the Fox Foundation, which I think has raised like $2 billion. But the director didn't want to make a movie about Parkinson's. He wanted to make a movie about Michael J. Fox. And of course, Parkinson's part of that because it's very much a part of who he is now. The fascinating part about it, it, was, a, it was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Michael Hart, who was the editor on this, if he doesn't win all the awards for editing this film – there is no justice in the universe. And the reason is, and I'm, I'm not going to spoil anything for you because it it's part and parcel of the way this movie is delivered and you see it almost. In fact, I think the opening scene is in fact done this way. He went back, he and his team, I would presume, went back and probably watched all the footage of Michael J. Fox from all of his TV shows and movies and all of the things that he's done that we all loved over the years and as Michael J. Fox today is being interviewed and telling his story, he is, the, the, it is edited to cut to scenes of, from his movies that show a younger Michael J. Fox experiencing a moment very similar to the one that he is describing. So, you know, there's scenes from Secret of My Success, clearly... Uh, not about Michael J. Fox when it was filmed. It was about, you know, the character he was playing uh, at the time. But as life has it, certain things that he portrayed in the movie happened to him, maybe even after that. And and yet the editor used them uh, to tell this story with Michael J. Fox as a with a younger Michael J. Fox doing it. And the first time it happens, which, like I said, is right at the beginning of the movie. You're like, oh, how clever. That's really brilliant. It is done so seamlessly that by about the 20 minute mark, you now take it for granted and you expect it and get it. 
throughout the entirety of the movie. And it's just fantastic. It's not ham fisted. So well done. So even if documentaries are not your thing, I highly recommend uh, checking that one out. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, that sounds it's cool. It sounds like a, a technique to steal. You know, everybody stole the Ken Burns effect, right? So it sounds like another technique to steal. Exactly. Uh, can... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This one far, requires far more prep work than the Ken Burns effect. Yes. Because you've got to yes. go. I mean, <laughs> like, like they found well, all the all perfect the scenes. I, like, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah. The director of the Someone movie. Someone with an eidetic memory did it then, huh? Is something. I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was really well done, though. As you can tell, very excited about it. The other movie that I'm super excited about is not a documentary. It is based on truth, you know, true events. Uh, but it is uh, it is very much a dramatization of of this. Um, it includes Taron Egerton uh, as the star, and the movie is Tetris. I had never known until I saw the movie two days ago. And it comes out on Apple TV Plus uh, on March 31st, so you don't you don't have to wait very long. I did not know the st- story of international espionage and intrigue that was the backstory to Tetris coming to market here in the United States and the world. Uh, how this story has never been told at a grand scale before. I'm sure I know in fact that it's been told before, but I had never heard it. My guess is most of us here have never heard it. It was Tetris was written by a Russian programmer, uh, right. Kind of in amidst the cold war, but as things were beginning to, you know, the cracks were beginning to appear over in Russia. And it is a fascinating Story. It's well told. I'm sure they took some creative liberties. Uh, I mean, it, you know, first of all, it happened over the course of several years and, and they show it to us in two hours or less, you know. Uh, but uh, so, I mean, so they, they made some choices, but it, it the, 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 uh, the, the, after the movie here at South by Southwest, when they do a premiere, uh, Often they will have the stars of the movie, the director, et cetera, come and do a little Q&A afterwards. So there was Michael J. Fox was here the other day. We uh, did a, They did a Q&A with him, which was great to see. And then after this, they did a Q&A with the director, Taron Egerton. And then also uh, the original programmer of Tetris was here in Austin on stage, as was the uh, the, the kind of the the marketing guy, if you will, who is also a programmer, uh, a pretty decent programmer, it sounds like, uh, who worked to make all of this sort of happen. Uh, and they they were there, and it was just fascinating to to like see them. And they said the movie is emotionally accurate. There there are certain moments in the movie. Uh, there is a three way negotiation that happens simultaneously in the movie, and. It seems like one of these made for film moments that actually happened. So when you're watching it and wondering, you know, which parts did they take liberties with? That's not one of them. And that shocked me. But there are, I'm sure, some other moments that they took some liberties with uh, just to make it to, you know, pump it up a little bit for uh, for for our screens. But I like this movie is going to be huge. I I think you're going to love it. So I just wanted to share both of those. They're kind of, you know, fit to us here with our nerdiness. So. How long do we have to wait for the Michael J. Fox one? Um, 
I don't you know? know when that's coming, Apple TV Plus. It is called Still I'm Looking. Um, release date coming soon. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Release date, May 12th, 2023. Okay. So, so not much longer. That's nope. awesome. Yep. Not, yeah, not Results much longer. In, yeah. On Apple TV, I assume. Apple TV Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They've got some good stuff. Shrinking's their new one. Have you seen that one? Uh-uh. No. It's uh, Harrison Ford. and uh, Yeah. I uh, can't think of the other. It's, it's funny. It's good. Is it? Uh, ah, yeah. right. yeah. Okay. You cool. know, yeah, their series seem to, for the most part, delight and entertain. Some of them aren't for me, but, you know. Right. right well, I mean, if everything, right? if we all liked everything, <laughs> life would be super boring. So right on. (laughs) Speaking of making life interesting, those of you who heard the last episode, 972, know that my travels uh, and and specifically the hotel Wi-Fi where I was in Las Vegas last week created some bandwidth issues, uh, especially toward the end of the show. Be that as it may. I I was going to say it's fine. It's not fine. I hate it, but it is what it is. Earlier in the show, though. I had an issue where my microphone kept cutting out and Pete, I I know what happened now and it's actually related to a quick tip that we shared about three or four weeks ago. Pete, Uh you, you were the the savior there because as I was sort of fumbling around trying different things, you stopped me and said, Hey Dave, I hear your power cutting on and off. You heard the sound of my MacBook. Yeah. Yeah, You heard the little thing. And so that made me uh, that that led to the the bandaid if you will of me just pulling power from my setup here and that got us through the the rest of the show so that's quote unquote solved the problem or at least identified the problem just to explain my travel setup i have a macbook air uh, an m1 air so it's got two ports on it that are usb whether you need them both or not yeah that's correct (laughs) turns out i do need them uh into one of the ports i have that kyy 4k screen the uh, the uh the 15 inch portable screen that we mentioned just prior to my travels uh and that screen is amazing like it's totally worth it Uh, i'll make sure the link is in in these show notes too so i have that screen and then i have my uh, travel microphone, the Audio-Technica 2005 USB. My version of it is a USB-A microphone. And so therefore I need a dongle, but I would need a dongle anyway because I want to power it while using the microphone. So I have this EasyQuest um, dongle that has, you know, HDMI and, and power pass through. It's the one we mentioned recently on the show. And so I plug my USB-A mic into that. I also plug power into that. None of the things I've mentioned yet are the problem, but the signal flow is the problem uh, because when the power stops flowing into the hub or the dock, the dongle, the hub Mm -hmm. has to reset, meaning my microphone has to reset, which was why my mic kept cutting it out. Okay, so why is power fluctuating on the way in? I use uh, an anchor and I don't want to pull the model of it because I don't want to mess with us again, but I use an, an anchor uh, portable power pack. It's got like a little extension cord on it. It's got three uh, USB ports, two uh, power delivery ports for USB-C and one uh, just straight, you know, normal port for USB-A for power. And then it's also got two AC, 
you know, uh, outlets on it, which is great. Makes it for perfect for travel. But as a listener pointed out in a previous episode that we shared, many of these power delivery solutions have to temporarily pull power each time you plug a new device in because it has to renegotiate how it's going to split power between the two power delivery uh, outputs on it. And last week, I was powering my laptop via the power, one of the power delivery ports directly, and also my iPhone via one of the power delivery ports. And that was fine for a little while, wasn't it? And then mid-show, it started not being fine. And the reason it started not being fine is because my iPhone decided to stop asking to be charged, as iPhones are wont to do. And it, and as soon as the power the, the the anchor power supply saw that, it was like, oh, that device is not asking for power. That port is not asking for power anymore. So I need to renegotiate everything to give more power to the other port. And then the iPhone would say, oh, I'll take a little power. Hey. And <laughs> it was right. Right. Like all of this makes sense. Cause I was like, how did this thing die? And of course this was just the beginning of my trip. I'm like, oh man, what have I done to myself? Like, this is no bueno. I got to go to an Apple store. I got to buy a new power adapter. You know, it was just like, yeah. how did I get plagued by this? I didn't get plagued by anything. So now for this show, I have the, I'm using the same uh, power adapter. However, my laptop is being charged by a single uh, power supply that's plugged into one of the AC outlets on that thing so that there is zero chance of it deciding to renegotiate during the show. And I, as soon as I said the words zero chance, I realized well. that I might have just uh, hit. Let me find some simulated wood grain here. And yeah, right, yeah there you right go. There, right there above, above and between your eyes. Dave. Yeah, Not exactly. <laughs> but but I, I just found it fascinating. You know, this is what I love about this show is i mean and this is true even for us like there are things that we share on the show that are not relevant to us at the moment and of course that's true for you as the listener right like many of the things even including this story i just told might not be relevant for you immediately today but three weeks from now just like for me three weeks ago when it wasn't relevant it stuck in my head as i was doing the troubleshooting i'm like wait 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 i i know this fact I think it might actually be applying to me. And of course it was. Yeah. 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 Now the yeah. question it begs, if you go into your phone and battery settings and say, just, just charge it to full, you know, in other words, be right. Cause there's a setting yeah. in there, as I recall for the battery, but uh, when it got to a hundred percent, it would start doing the same thing. Anyway, That's right? what it was. It actually had gotten oh, to a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it, I okay. mean, Turning that off might mitigate the issue somewhat, but it's not gonna yeah. it's not gonna fix it. Yeah, because it was early yeah. enough in the day that I had charged my phone overnight. I mean, it was so early in the day for me. I think we recorded at seven a.m. Uh, Pacific oh, yeah. time, yeah. so yeah. like my phone had not gone below you know ninety eight or something. But I just thought, well, I'll plug it in that way. I, I'm good to go when when you're done with the show. When I'm leave done with for the, the show. day, you'll have a fully charged phone. Ready exactly, to rock and roll. Yeah, I'm yeah. ready to rock and roll. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So, but nice find, right? But it, I wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't, I don't know how long it would have taken me to troubleshoot this if it weren't for this show. Uh, it, because, yeah. it, well, first of all, you identified the power thing in, in real time. Yeah. Go on. 
Thank goodness. No, thank goodness. Keep getting that ding. Why is that ding <laughs> happening? It's not me. Right. Yep. <laughs> and I heard it too, but it, it, it felt like. It was just going by. It was just going by. Not important. Yeah. Yeah. Not important. Not important. Yeah. Yeah. You know how it is. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it, I just wanted to share that because it really, not only is it important for all of us to know and make sure we have in our heads, but it's just one of those things like this is, th- 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 this is what I love about this show. One of the things. All right. Uh, I got a little power story. Go. I learned something new. Um, so I got a, um, I got myself a new uh, UV flashlight. Okay. Because my old one, like three of the LEDs were shot. So I'm like, okay, let me get a new one. So I got a new one. And then it listed on it the... Uh, so it comes with a little cartridge where you put three AAA batteries. Sure. Yep. And my other mini flashlights have, have the same thing, but I read the documentation, believe it or not. And it's like, oh, well, you know what? You can use an 18650 battery. And I'm like, what the heck is an 18650 battery? Oh, yeah. Um, so I learned something. And it's like, well, you, you can use this other type of battery, too. Um it's basically a replacement that gives you the equivalent power, but it's only a single cell. Ah, it's one of those so lithium ion ones, right? About the size of your pinky. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's um, and I'm going to list here. So, so I bought, so I ordered both a charger and two batteries. These particular ones are 3,200 milliamp hours, which I think is pretty much equivalent to what you get with the the three triple A's. Okay. But, Huh. Just never heard about this type of battery before, but when I searched for it, there was a uh, quite a few options online. And, and let the... me offer a hint about those batteries: if you mm. let them go all the way dead, mm-hmm. you may as well just throw them away. Oh, oh all right, yeah. yeah, yeah. You want to recharge that battery, you know, somewhere by by five percent or so. If you let it go dead, you're done. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I don't understand that in the. Te- I don't know what it is about it. Maybe somebody knows could write in and tell us what it is about that lithium ion battery like that that it you know when they go dead they, they're they done and that that can be true of the battery in your iphone too if you leave it yeah you know leave it dead yeah. dead for for months now it has to be more than a month or two it, it's got to be several yeah. months with most iphones because yeah. i've gotten lucky i've found them the best thing to do if you're going to put an iphone on the shelf well, the first thing to do is to ask why you're doing that. And if it's just because you want to have a, a spare phone, yeah. then great. You know, but otherwise maybe just sell it. Uh, the second thing to do is charge it to at least 70% or so. There are, there are schools of thought that say not to, to leave it on the shelf at 100%. So, you know, get it close right. and then power it down so that it's not draining its battery immediately uh, down to nothing. Power it down, and, and it should last for quite a while that way uh, because right. the battery's still got some right. juice in it. Yeah. I've often carried those flashlights with those lithium-ion cells, and and on more than one occasion, the battery's gone all the way down, and I'm, I'm just dead in the water. It's yep. like, yeah. So I've experienced that. but And I will say my e-bike says store the, if you're going to go long-term, store it at 60%. I don't know why. Okay. That, yep. Yeah, that that so that the sixty percent number is is that sounds you know that sounds familiar to me. I'll say yeah. it that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. So do like John did. Read the manual. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and then there's good stuff in there. Uh, you know, sometimes they know what they're doing. Yeah. 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 The designers, the engineers. That's amazing. Yep. All right, John, you want to take us to uh, to Dennis? Oh, why not? Okay, Dennis um, says, I have an external disk that I've divided into partitions slash volume groups slash volumes. Let me list them and how they are designated in this utility. And he then gives us a list of the uh, partitions. Uh, so he has the main one, untitled, and then... APFS volume, APFS volume group, and APFS data volume. Okay. Um, my problem is that clone two, the data volume, doesn't show up in the finder or on my desktop. When I select one of the partitions volumes to be ejected, it says eject all. The clone uh, partition never gets ejected. I can tell because shutting down the computer after ejecting, uh, I get the warning that it was not ejected properly. I suspect it's because it's a data volume. This was an experimental drive doing an experiment with carbon copy cloner, so I can delete it. I just want to understand it before I do. Maybe you could shed some light on APFS volumes, APFS data volumes, core storage logical volumes, and USB external physical volumes. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right, so, so two replies to this. Um, one is that... In the Finder, there are two ways. There are a couple of places that you can go to designate what is shown. Uh, and I've had this happen to me where I'm like, yeah, where is it? I, I don't see it, even though I plugged it plugged it in. And I got a message, if you use hardware growler, that you know something was plugged in to the computer, but it never showed up. There are two places you can go. So in the Finder, Settings, General, Show these items on the desktop is one place to go. Um, or Finder, Settings, Sidebar, Locations. And for either one, specify external disks. Have you um, tried this? Does this no, work for to... you? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good. <laughs> but but I found, I did find a way. That, yeah. So I have this one drive that I use for my Carbon Copy Cloner backup. And it doesn't show up in the Finder on either of my machines. I'm like, how, how do how do I see this stuff on here? Um, I found a workaround. Okay. Uh, so here here's the weird thing. So even though my drive doesn't show up in the Finder, similar to uh, what Dennis is running into, um, I found that going into either disutility or carbon copy cloner that shows the volume. And here's what you can do, Dave. You right-click on the volume in either disutility or carbon copy cloner, and it has a choice: show in Finder. Oh, that's the way I can see my stuff. Oh, nice find. So I, if, so I don't know if this is an APFS bug. I feel like I've been seeing this in macOS for a very long time. I, I I I think it predates APFS. I think it's a I think it's a Finder bug because the volume is mounted right. Like if you go to the terminal and you look in slash volumes, you'll see it. It's just not showing up in the Finder. So I I I I think it's I, I think it's just a Finder bug, and I yeah I don't think it's APFS. I, I could be wrong about that. Like I I can't say that 
you know, where in time it started to happen more frequently for me, but yeah, yeah, I feel like it's gone back quite a bit. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And you got to go down. So the thing is, if, if you say show and finder, it's going to show the four top level directories on your data volume, you know, system library sure. users. And that's where you want to go. So if you go into users, and then your username, that will be the content that you probably want to restore. Got it. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fun. All right. Uh, we will uh, We'll take Craig's question. This actually was a decent conversation in pre-show. We'll do this while John gets yeah. the water that we, uh, that we all know he needs. Uh, Craig asks... He says, uh, I suspect by now you've heard the news that T-Mobile has purchased Mint Mobile. Uh, I know Pete and Dave, you use it. What are your thoughts on this? I've seen, I don't want to see history repeat itself is, is basically the, the, um, the gist of his message <laughs> because he's seen, you know, when the big guy acquires the little guy, uh, the benefits of the little guy go away and that may happen here. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen immediately here. In fact, I'm almost certain it's not going to happen immediately because it hasn't happened. Mint Mobile is still Mint Mobile and it's still fantastic. Uh, but it might. You never know. Like it, it could have Mint Mobile could have gotten worse with the the previous ownership. Like the good news is that in today's world, changing cell carriers is as easy as changing your socks. It really is just not a big deal at all. And that's especially true now that we live in the world of eSIMs, where you don't even have to wait for them to ship you a SIM. You don't have to go to the store. You can do it all on your phone or, you know, you can use your desktop if you want. But really, it's just a non-issue to change. You keep your number. The porting of your number is, is I mean, there's certainly there's, there's exceptions to this. But by and large, the porting of your numbers these days is, is fast and smooth and seamless. So I would say, don't worry about it, but also don't, like, don't change anything until you are catalyzed to do it by some external event. But I don't think, I don't think they'll change uh, because I think this is a very profitable business model. Mint Mobile really took the idea of buying a prepaid plan and made it feel normal to those of us who are responsible with our finances, have decent credit, could get a postpaid plan, which is what most of the plans that like the big three carriers uh, do. It, pre prior to Mint Mobile, prepaid plans, and even still today, prepaid plans have that stigma of, oh, you buy a prepaid, prepaid plan, easy for you to say. Uh, yeah. because you know, you, you are financially irresponsible. You have no credit, you know, people don't trust you. That's the only reason, at least in the United States that most people buy. That's the reason we think that people buy prepaid plans. That is not the case though, because mint mobile is a prepaid plan. I have a fantastic credit rating. I'm happy to use mint mobile, right? It's uh, yeah. it, 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 they changed the mindset on this. And then there's visible by Verizon, which does the same thing. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Mint Mobile did it by cutting the price in half over the, well, over the large carriers. Correct. And more. more yeah, exactly. Half, That's fact, how they and, drew us in. But, but yeah. part of the reason for that is because Mint doesn't need a collections department. 
right. you don't pay your bill, you don't have service because you pay up front. And so yep. it makes life easier for them. And and obviously some of that cost savings they pass through, some of it they don't. They have always been on T-Mobile as their carrier. They're an MVNO of T-Mobile. So it made sense for T-Mobile to acquire this before somebody else did. It was clearly a very profitable business. So I, I don't I don't think T-Mobile is going to mess with it. In fact, I saw this news in the other direction. Maybe there will be things that T-Mobile does that get opened up to us as Mint subscribers as optional things we can add, like perhaps less expensive international plans, perhaps the Apple Watch, as Pete is pointing out for me, right? Like like those sorts of things we might start to see trickle in because they've already got the the infrastructure and and the deals in place and all of that. So, because Mint yeah. doesn't get my money when I go overseas. I've talked about it here. I use an eSIM from some third-party carrier. Well, T-Mobile might want to keep my money and offer me a more attractively priced international, you know, a Europe-specific plan, a kind of thing. Like I I so anyway, we will see what the future holds, but I wouldn't I wouldn't start sweating but we'll pay attention to it, of course, because uh, at least two of us here use it. Pete and I use it, and I use it for my whole family. I think you do too, Pete. So I do, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it's my hope that they keep it the same and or offer more benefits and lower yeah. the prices. Because it, as everybody knows, first of all, you know, I've had a couple bad experiences with the big carriers. But the other thing is, as you've seen, Dave, by traveling to Europe recently, we pay ridiculous prices. For mobile service in the United States. Oh my God. Yeah. Outrageous. Yeah. My daughter pays 11 euro a month for, I think, 150 gigs of, <laughs> um, of 5G data plus, yeah. of course, unlimited, um, uh, talk and text, huh? and text, although they don't use that over yeah. there. They use yeah. WhatsApp, but, but yes. They use data. Yeah. They use data, but they, mm. I mean, she has 150 gigs or something. She showed me. She's like, oh yeah, like, uh, my favorite, I've done a lot of consulting calls. I've done uh, a, a consulting for people whose names you all know. Like I, I've, I've, I've had a, a fantastic career doing that. My favorite to this day, and, and it may never change. My favorite Dave, the nerd call was the one I had to fly to Italy to do uh, and, and f- f- fix my daughter's Wi-Fi so that they could watch from our Plex server reliably over there. But in the interim, before I got there, because I had some delays, you know, in my schedule, it took me a little while to, to schedule Italy in on my Dave the Nerd schedule. And if you're from the IRS, haha, yes, I just justified my trip as a business expense. Uh, the, uh, I, you know, before I went to her apartment to do this, she was just tethering her, her TV to her phone to stream from our Plex server. And she's like, oh yeah, I'll never hit my monthly limit doing that. Like, oh, God, if only. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 That's what, you know, and that's one of the things I want to do with our Florida place because I pay 50 bucks a month for internet there. And I'm like, I know there's other cellular type options even that, that are cheap, even cheaper here, even though it's an outrageous price. Yes. If I could get some of that 11 euro a month uh, fee. <laughs> Oh man, gosh! Be all over it. I'd pay. Yeah. Tw- yeah, I know. I know. I'd pay twenty-two euro for one hundred and fifty gigs. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think um, Verizon is advertising five G um, data. I think uh, a hotspot, basically, for I think like twenty-five bucks a month, which 
sounds pretty good to me if you get good 5G coverage. Is that only in the U.S. or is that like global? No, I think it's just the U.S. Oh, okay. Well, you, you could get and how an unlimited 5G? No. Um, pretty sure. That's for what they claim for twenty five a month. I thought it was fifty a month for Verizon's. Uh, it, you talking about their their home, the Verizon yes, home thing, the home five G. Okay, Let, let's yeah, look. Maybe they change their prices. Yeah. Although there's the, uh, there's that one commercial that that really yeah <clears throat> poops all over the uh, using yeah. the uh, cellular service. You know, people walk by and use your bandwidth right. In the you know, off the same towers in the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So. Uh, you are correct. Okay. Verizon 5G home internet starting at a low price guaranteed. Huh? Is there a data cap on that? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah. No unlimited 5G data. It says. No go. equipment charges or data caps. Uh, Dude, well, there we go. I you know what? I just solved I, my Cox cable. In I'm going to change because <laughs> I still pay for Comcast as a backup connection. Uh, to my to my fiber, but I want a backup connection that is wireless. And I've been thinking about moving to one of the the you know the things uh, that one of these solutions. T-Mobile's well, T-Mobile's was fifty dollars a month. Let's see, <laughs> did they change too? Right. They're going to need to. Uh, they are going to need. While to. you're looking that up, David yes, Klimkin in the uh, Discord says, "What about getting hacked off in user info?" For, thinks T-Mobile got hacked. Yeah, see, fifty bucks still for T-Mobile. It's still fifty bucks for T-Mobile's. Uh, <laughs> okay, T-Mobile, wiki wiki. <laughs> yeah, wiki wiki. Yeah, next week this will have changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but going to the hacker thing, I think that's just a cost of cost of doing business in this world. Your stuff's going to get hacked, so I freeze my credit. Yes, uh, bureaus. That's a really smart. I do the same thing, Pete. Yeah, yeah. it's going to happen. Like people, data breaches are just going to happen in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not going to yeah, be as bad God. as what LastPass did, but you know, maybe maybe some of them are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just. The fact is, we're going to get hacked and hosed, and no, no matter what, and it's a matter of yeah. staying in front of it. Uh, fortunately, most of the credit card companies are good now about texting you if there's a weird charge on your account. Totally. But what do you do when someone opens an account in your name? So that supposedly prevents it. Right. Although, you know, there's nothing preventing someone from giving you, in air quotes, credit. Right. You know, without checking your credit report, they could do that. But but they know, also can't the, file to them. it. That's on them. Right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Where are we on time so, um, here? Go ahead, John. If you do want to find out if you've been hacked, uh, here's one service yeah. that I use, and maybe you do too, but um, have I been owned? But they replace the O with a P. Okay. So cool. have I been pwned.com um basically you you give it your email address and it will tell you if that email has been compromised nice yeah. nice all right well that brings us into cool stuff found and uh so we will keep going with cool stuff found the the next thing and i wanted to make sure we got this into this episode just from a time perspective uh synology released the ds423 plus uh, last week and there was a notable difference between all the things that they have released since the DS 1520 plus, because we used to have to say on this show that the most recently released Synology disk station that had a GPU 
was released in 2020, the 1520 plus. I can now say that is no longer the case. The DS423 plus has a Celeron J4125 CPU in it, which just by its nature also includes the Intel GPU, which means it will do hardware transcoding for Plex and is uh, I've got one on the way. I will be testing it, but I just wanted to share the good news that yes, Synology has listened to us. They are making these, they are aware that there is a segment of their customer base that wants this stuff. Quite frankly, I did not, I knew they were going, I had it, I knew in my heart of hearts, they didn't, they didn't quite share their plans with me, but they sort of, they made it clear they were listening. Let's put it that way. Um, I knew in my heart that they would be coming out with, that, that, that we did, had not seen the last of Synology's GPU-based NASs. I didn't think we'd see it until late 2024 uh, at the at, at the earliest. So I am surprised and delighted by the timing of this. Couldn't be happier. So just wanted to share that. Um, oh, what's the price point on that, Dave? Well, uh, you know, I don't, Pete. It's so new. I don't know. Sorry. No, no, it's a okay. fair question, man. Like I should know the answer <laughs> yeah. to this. I. I They're about four, four hundred. Four and a half, somewhere in there. Let's see. Ooh. Synology DS423 Plus on Amazon. I don't even think it's on Amazon. It's not on Amazon. At least I'm not saying it. No, it it's not. It's not. I don't know that you can buy it yet. But it's no. cut. But like uh, they exist. So yeah, yeah. We, we will have. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure I have pricing somewhere, but it's going to be in that that three to six hundred dollar range. I realize that's a huge range, but. Um, it's coming. We will have we will have details. I, but it's here. Like it, it exists. They made it, and that's the good news. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got a hit here. Um, oh, where'd you find it? Yeah, B and H lists it Great. as uh, five hundred bucks. Okay, there you go. For the enclosure only. Yes. Right. right. Yeah. The bare metal. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Amazing. Yep. That's that's good news. Um, Andrew sent in. A fantastic, cool stuff found. Uh, I, I think actually he shared this in our Discord. It's a piece of software from Neat Software called Ping. And it sits in your menu bar and shows you ping times or even just website access times uh, for as many websites as you want. It'll do three in the free version and then you can pay to unlock unlimited. And what's cool is... You can have it ping your router and then, uh, you know, site out on the Internet. And if you have a cable modem, you can have it ping your cable modem, too. So you can do our patented Mac Geekab three-way ping, even with the free version of this. And because it sits in your menu bar, of course, you can click it and see uh, the specific results of each of the uh, items that you've put there. But if all of them are good, you're, the icon in your menu bar is green. If any one of them is bad, the icon in your menu bar turns red. So you can immediately see, am I having a connection issue? And uh, it will show right up there. So this is uh, a fantastic. And of course you could use it for all kinds of things. You could use it to test, to see if your own servers are online. Like it's, you know, there's, there's a variety of use cases for this, of course, but, uh, but I really appreciated that. So thank you for sharing that. Andrew, John, did, 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 have uh, have you messed with Ping yet? No. Mm. 
yeah, I it, it, I think I think you'll I think this is one of those things that you'll find that you uh, mm-hmm. that you like. Along those same lines, Grumpy from our Discord uh, had has written something that I did not know existed, and I'm glad he shared it because it's based on our idea of the three ping uh, scenario where you, in order to see to troubleshoot where your connection problems are, you ping from your computer to your router. You ping from your computer to your cable modem, and you ping from your computer to a site out on the internet like www.apple.com. And then, depending on which one fails at what time, you know where the issue is in the network setting. Is it something local to you? Is it something out on the internet, etc.? He wrote a Homebridge plugin that he calls NetNanny, and uh, it will. You can set it to ping all of these things. It shows up as CO2 sensors in your HomeKit, so you can even set to get alerts from this and all sorts of things. So we'll put a link to that in the show notes too. Thank you for letting us know about this, Grumpy. Uh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, where are we in time? And John, one other. Go. Um, if you want to, if if you're thinking. Why can't I get to the site? Is it just me? Um, here's both a site and we also have an app, uh, Down Detector. Okay. And talk about a little, talk a little bit about how it works. Uh, I mean, I look at it right now, and it actually shows um, on their homepage the status of various services. And you know, if it, if it's down. Uh, it, it shows the graph of uptime and oh boy, they're coming to get you. <laughs> coming to get you, John. <laughs> no, no, that's the fire engine. <laughs> Hopefully, they're not the, coming uh, to get sirens. you. Yeah. Right? You don't want to see those guys. No, I hope not. Um, but it basically shows you a graph of uptime and and downtime. So if you're like, wow, I can't get to, and you know, right now it's showing AT and T, Spectrum, Verizon, Dish, Shopify, PayPal, sure, uh, all sorts of things. Cool. So that is showing an uh, perhaps I, I don't know the details behind it i was hoping you would you you might um that is showing whether a site is down or up for the majority of the people not for you mm-hmm. so that you can troubleshoot right. whether it's a you thing or a them thing j- j- just so mm-hmm. people understand the context of of what mm-hmm. what that does yeah cool all right, we got a couple of follow-up cool stuffs found. You want to uh, take us to listener John? John? Yes. Uh, hold on. All right. Well, I'll, I'll do the one from the the previous episode uh, in nine seventy two. Ben, uh, we were talking about uh, bandwidth limiting and throttling uh, data, especially on your iPhone. Of course, we also talked about doing so on your Mac using low data mode. And listener Ben over in Discord says uh, there is an app called Trip Mode at tripmode.ch. And uh, he says that can restrict specific apps and channels from using any data while on specific Wi-Fi networks. We've talked about Trip Mode before, but it's absolutely worth a re-mention. Thank you for that, Ben. Uh, yeah, that that one really lets you get granular in an easy way. Like it's it's a tool that does a nerdy thing, but makes it simple to do sort of in the moment for all of us. So uh, I highly recommend checking that out, especially if you travel 
And especially if you're on, like, if you are doing tethering, but you're not my daughter with her 150 gigs and fancy, uh, right. if you're here in the U.S. and you're doing tethering to your phone, low data mode might not be specific enough for you. So trip mode can can really be kind of the thing there. So, yeah. 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 Are we, uh, we ready for listener John? John? I think he muted himself for some yeah. reason. Yep. So maybe no, we're there was an, another another fire engine. Ah, okay, gotcha. <laughs> I've learned to mute. Gotcha. Um, all right, so you need John, to learn to unmute. <laughs> yes. All right, so John says, um, uh, "Here's a plug for PoBox.com. Uh, it can bounce based on what spam filter hits occur. Uh, not affiliated, uh, just the satisfied customer." So this is referencing a discussion we had. Uh, two episodes ago in 971 about mail and bouncing the mail back to the spammers. We, the three of us talked it would appear about like a dead address so, right? so that it would appear like a dead address. And I said, we would have to be up to the, the mail host and listener. John, of course, uh, highlights that that one mail host at least will do that for us. So maybe, maybe there are others. Yeah. And they even have a article why uh, to explain this to you. Uh, why would I want to bounce my spam? And they go through yeah. why you may want to do that. I'm wondering if, um, like, it, are spammers smart enough to know, like, okay, if it's a P.O. Box.com account that bounced it and mm. the timing of the bounce came not immediately, right? Then it's probably a good address that someone has manually bounced from. Mm. Right. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. like, like, you know, heuristics are a thing. We, we, we use them for all kinds of stuff. So pulling together all of those signals, you probably as a spammer could be pretty, like, I, I don't know how much this is going to help is, is what I'm trying to say, but okay. it might, I don't, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm thinking as a spammer, Right. I'm not a spammer. I've it's never so prolific. Done That's the problem. It's just so <laughs> prolific. <laughs> All right. All right, then. That's enough. Mm. I think that is enough. I think we've done it. I think we succeeded, folks. Yeah. Feedback at MacGeekGub.com oh. if you have your own uh, stuff, cool stuff found to share, your own quick tips. Or, of course, your own questions. We love hearing from you. It's one of our favorite things. In fact, it's part of why we do what we do. We wouldn't do this. Couldn't I mean, we do would what st- we do we, if it, it wasn't for you. <laughs> right. There it is. Yeah. We, we would still have these conversations. We just probably wouldn't release them. Maybe we would. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's called an echo chamber, Dave. <laughs> yeah, I live in an echo chamber, Pete. But it's but the good news is we're all in the same echo chamber together, folks. And there we go. Well, but when there's tens of thousands of us, that's a good echo chamber to be in. It's right? a good. So, I, this yeah. is a good echo chamber to be in too. Like everybody's so yeah. like respectful to each other and thoughtful. Like I, I know it starts with us for the internet. You're not wrong. This you yeah. This is a great group. The community is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Join our Discord. Yeah. It's it's wonderful. Uh, you know, I'm sure we have people in there of all varying, you, you know, belief systems, political and otherwise, but it, it's not part of that. Our love and interest in, love for and interest in technology 
and help and really, but it's all predicated on helping each other. Uh, it, like that's right. that's right. the key there. And and we do have a, a channel where we can have our fish shakes because there are things about uh, technology and life that you know we we need to rant about, like cell phone data pricing here in the United States. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Yipper. All right, folks. Well, thanks for hanging out. Thanks for visiting our sponsors. Of course, that's at uh, macgeekab.com slash sponsors. Uh, you can check out the ones that we talked about in this episode. Collide.com slash MGG. LinkedIn.com slash MGG. Barebones.com for BB Edit. Our thanks to Cashfly for providing all the bandwidth to get the show from us to you. Man, I I um I don't know what the answer is. John, do you know what the answer is? Uh what's the question? <laughs> uh what's the most important generic advice you could give to a fellow human? Don't get caught. Made up. Later.